passes in the air to right field. Back it goes. Mendo has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. Machado to deep left field. It is high. Deep in. It is a grand slam to walk it off. Manny Machado is tonight's Padres hero. In the air to right field. Towards the corner. It's back. It's gone. Welcome to Slam What is going on, Fire Faithful? Another episode coming right at you. And unfortunately enough, a lot of starting pitchers have gone right off the market uh, like nobody's business. You got the Texas Rangers spending money left and right. And all these guys that we are hoping to get due to the fact that our back end rotation is arguably weak is not going our way whatsoever. That brings up rumors that brings up trade possibilities with a long offseason ahead and it just brings up a lot of fear in my mind. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want to discuss today. It's going to be a lot of controversy, I feel like, but it's it's I got to get this off my chest. And just recently, there's been rumors about Trent Grisham and Hassan Kim being available in trades, potential interest in Miami Marlins starting pitcher Pablo Lopez, a very good pitcher and all, but I want to break this down as much as it sounds pretty nice and a really good addition to a starting pitching rotation that really needs another guy who would be under some years of control. I don't think it's going to be the right move. Uh, I don't. But before I get into that and everything, I do want to get back to Matt Carpenter for just a hot minute. So, of course, uh, right when I finish up my last episode last week on signing Matt Carpenter just over a week ago, I saw on Twitter something from Marty Coswell uh, that was great, a good interview uh, going out there about why Carpenter wanted to come to the Padres and it wasn't for the weather and everything like that. And this will be a quick rundown, but this is also going to introduce the next topic in two potential trade pieces in Trent Grisham and Hassan Kim. But before I get into that exactly, let me play you the interview that Matt Carpenter had over Zoom with Marty Caswell. Uh, great stuff, great content. So uh, it's great to have Matt Carpenter on this team. And let me play that for you right now. No disrespect to the beautiful San Diego weather, but I didn't come here for the weather. You know, I came here because this team's got a really good chance to win a World Series. And, um, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something special. And I want to, you know, I'll tell you the thing that probably excited me the most, um, you know, AJ said this on our Zoom call at the very beginning of this process, you know, he, he made the comment about coming to a place and being the first team to ever do it. That kind of stuff fires me up. You know, I mean, you can, you can go and you can go to, a, you know, a franchise who's done it, you know, however many times and you can just add to that list or you could be a part of one that's going to do it for the first time. And that really excites me. Yeah. So that was great. First off, uh, we got Carpenter kind of dissing the Yankees a little bit. So that's pretty funny right there. And second, I just think that that fires me up, man. I don't know about you guys, but the fact that he is as hungry as we are to win a world series for the first time, that's freaking awesome. 
I love that kind of mentality. I'm sure we are striving for so much. This fan base has been through it all. We've been through so much so far and still going through the obstacles and all that. So to have this guy come here and say that right away is like freaking awesome. Like seriously, he could be our DH. He's a left-handed bat. I said this on the last episode. If you haven't listened, please feel free to listen. But uh, there's more context on that. But he puts a lot of relief off of left-handed batters in our lineup having to hit more for power, one of them including Trent Grisham. Now, one thing I want to state here from The Athletic is that Carpenter has already expressed his confidence in Trent Grisham as a center fielder, a two-time gold glover. He's obviously came up big with back-to-back home runs in the wildcard series and let alone a big wildcard series. Trent Grisham really stepped up at the right time. Now, I'll read you what Carpenter said, and then we'll get into Trent Grisham first. Uh, Carpenter said, and I quote, maybe not everybody knows just how talented of an athlete this guy is beating Trent Grisham. Uh, fun fact as well. He works out with Grisham in the off season, uh, as a Fort Worth resident. Continuing, he does things in the weight room that will just leave you speechless. I'm a big believer in him. I think that this season is going to be the biggest one of his career, and I am so excited to get it to be a part of it because I know he is lining up to have a monster year and we're going to need him every step of the way. Now, of course, this past season, he came off a gold glove award winning season. So that was a beneficiary despite batting a very low number and a good amount of plate appearances and everything batted 184 and 451 ABs wasn't working for Grish uh, hit for a little bit of pop. With 17, he had a little bit of a streak. I forget the games, but kept hitting a home run here and there. Got got pretty hot in August, too. So Trent Grisham, yeah, he struggled. But to have a guy like Matt Carpenter, let alone be a veteran presence, really, really well-liked with the Yankees clubhouse overall at his career with the Cardinals. Yankee fans, let alone the franchise, is pretty hurt right now that he's gone. It's it's going to be a difference maker, and it's 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 really really an underrated move that we got now. So when it comes to that, having a guy who's not even played one game yet, who works out with Trent Grisham in the offseason, Texas boys, everything like that, plus they do have their uh, Texas theme kind of uh, music. I forgot the exact walk-up song, but there is one, and then you got Trent Grisham, big-time cowboy, wearing the hat kind of guy. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. The guy Carpenter has not played once in a Padres uniform yet, and he's already defending his boy in Trent Grisham. And I'm going to be doing that today too, okay? So we're going to get right into that now. So there are rumors going around that Trent Grisham and or Hassan camera available on the trade market. Really don't know how true this is until it's all said and done, and then an actual move is made, right? And... Now there's rumors circulating that the Padres are interested in Pablo Lopez. Started off the season fantastically, but did regress towards post the All-Star break and then on. So Pablo Lopez, don't get me wrong, he's a great pitcher. But at the same time, he came off a very valuable pre-All-Star kind of season. I'll get into him later, but I want to focus on Trent. Listen. 
I get it. The bat was nowhere near what we expected going into this season for the whole regular season. Not even close whatsoever. Every time this guy stepped up to the plate, it was like, okay, well, we got an automatic out, right? I, I even joked about that, I believe, in the past. It's all fun and games, but listen. He came up big in the postseason when it mattered most or else we would have never gotten past the Mets, possibly. And he just benefited so much. He benefited. Now, keep in mind, too, Grisham was shifted on whenever he came up to the plate just over 64% of the time. Now, he still struggled almightily with a lot of strikeouts, 150 and everything, but at the same time, no shift could benefit so many hitters, including Trent Grisham. I feel like that he's just, like Carpenter said, due for a breakout season. Could Grisham give you a 290 average with 30 homers and getting on base at a 400 clip? I could still be dreaming, but no, I don't believe so. However, Grisham could be that kind of guy to just go back to his normal 240, 250 at times, providing you decent hitting in the bottom of the order where it's needed. We lack with the bottom tier of the order right now going into the season. And Trent Grisham, if he pops off, would be fantastic. It, it truly would. Now, when it comes down to it, Grisham's got to stop taking so many pitches too. I mean, he's got to kind of learn how to swing when he has to. Uh, first pitch swing percentage, I mentioned that because Grisham is at this past season in 2022, 21% first pitch swing probability. And for the MLB average, it's at 29 and a half. Overall in his career since 2019, it's at 21.8%. So I think if Grisham really took advantage, especially of fastballs and like really early in the count, he could really do some damage. He's sometimes a little too disciplined at the plate. I think we could all see that with him and with Jake Cronenworth, who I'll also get into a little bit on this episode. But that's one thing I've noticed. I think Grisham, yeah, he 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 struggled big time with the fastballs. To be honest with you, he struggled big time with absolutely everything this season. But a new season means a chance at new beginnings. I mean, Grisham over the fastball this year was only at 199, uh, really struggled. I mean, in 2021, he struggled a little bit too at 217. Uh, Slugging-wise, he was better this year than he was last year on the fastball. This year at 391, had 13 of his 17 homers off that. And when it came down to it, the fastball was his pitch. So there's that. Last year, the breaking pitches were his best ones yet. So the sliders, the curveballs, anything like that. Uh, but all together in 2022, Grisham struggled. So maybe this could help him. Carpenter, we know, we, we hope to get the better version of Carpenter, but we know how bad Carpenter was, and he adjusted his swing with small mechanics without losing his confidence. What if he gives that to Grisham, and Grisham suddenly pops off with being a two-time gold glover in center? Here is why we should not trade Trent Grisham, okay? It's not just because I think he's due for a breakout season with Matt Carpenter. 
It's because he is our answer in center field. He has made big plays, including in the wild card game that eliminated the New York Mets' hopes and really just demolished any chances of the Mets going on a rally in that game three. But Grisham, of course, brings you so much more with incredible catches and everything. But we talk about how weak our outfield is, even with Soto, because let's think about it defensively as well. Just both standpoints. You never know. I'm still going to always believe in Trent Grisham, especially if he's in a Padres uniform. But when it comes down to it, Juan Soto struggles to where we don't know if he's in right or left field. I mean, screw it. We don't even know who our left fielder is going into opening day. Right now, per Fangrass, it's Jose Azokar. I like Azokar as a bench piece, speed runner, pinch runner kind of thing, but not as our starting left fielder. In fact, I'm hoping they bring back Jerks and Profar because that would be really clutch. I don't, I'm still a believer that Tatis is an infielder. Shortstop typically, maybe second, but that's for another day. Right now, we have questions in the outfield and left, let alone if we got rid of Grisham, who are we putting in center field? And besides, if you get rid of Grisham and let's say you get a center fielder back, you're not getting a two-time gold glove winner. You're not. So defense does win you championships, and Grisham saved our asses so many times, especially in the playoffs. So I I really truly believe that Grisham could get back into it, especially if Carpenter really adjusted his mechanics and got so comfortable at the plate. There's going to be something that really proves Grisham as well to be that kind of guy and really bolster the bottom of that order. I, I truly believe in Grisham, and I always will. And besides, why trade away a center fielder that's a two-time gold glove winner when he's not a rest- unrestricted free agent until 2026? He's under team control until 2026. Yeah, I said that. This guy is one of the best defensive center fielders in the league who, yes, had a down year, but has come up pretty clutch at times. Walk-offs, you name it. And he's not expensive at all. At all. So why trade that away? That's a valuable piece we got to keep. Even Bob Melvin, I remember, stated that we need to keep some of these guys to where, listen, <laughs> they're they're cheaper and they're valuable to us because of this kind of attribute or that kind of attribute. When it comes down to it, Trent Grisham is the most valuable piece that are youngsters where they're not big-time contracts, where I don't think we should get rid of. I really don't. Center field, let alone the outfield, you have to cover a lot of ground. Grisham will earn just over $2.5 million in his first arbitration year for a two-time gold glover who has the potential to still turn things around. I would say keep him. I would say keep him. Besides, I'm going to be real here. I don't think the Marlins would be interested in a Trent Grisham for a Pablo Lopez. Now, there's rumors that the Marlins are looking at more of an offensive outburst, and they already want major league ready talent, so there's no prospects, so that kind of kills a lot of it. You can't give away Campusano, you can't give away Hassel, none of that, so they want major league ready talent. Now, I'm not trying to dish, like diss on so, uh, Trent Grisham, I almost said Soto, whoa, uh, definitely not that, but when it comes to Grisham, even if he is a 
reliable hitter, he's not going to be giving you a 280, 290 every day with a guaranteed slugging of 500 plus. So if the Marlins really want to make a move, they're going to hear other sources rather than just Trent Grisham. And like, rightfully so. I, I just think it's best for us to keep him because look how he's come up and everything. But you, you let me know what you think. I actually think so. I mean, Pablo Lopez is an interesting piece, but I don't think they should trade away pieces right now. The last good pitcher besides Waka on the market in which I'm more in favor of is Johnny Cueto. Yes, he's not been the same, little injury prone, but I feel like if he could just eat some innings and log some starts, we're fine for now until if we want to make a bigger trade out there on the market and then do that. But right now, it's not the deal. But in the end, the Marlins, would they trade for Trent Grisham or potentially Hassan Kim? I don't believe so either. The Marlins, I feel like, are looking for slugging. I just want to get into this again because the Marlins ranked 28th overall in slugging percentage at 363. They really do lack in power. Uh, it's pretty tough. Their isolated power is 25th at 0.133. Yikes. Uh, on base plus slug slugging as a team is 657, 27th in the league. Yikes. Everything about their slugging just isn't it. They have the pitching, they do, but the offense just isn't there, whether it's a rally or just hitting for extra bases. Now, another trade rumor here on the Padres side is how Young Kim. There's rumors that Kim is expendable, in which I think is more realistic because I tried saying it. The infield is way too crowded now, and in which, especially if I believe Tatis is a infielder still at heart, I think we all do too. What happens to Xander Bogarts? Does he shift over to second? Manny Machado, does he stay? Yes, he does. Carpenter can DH play first, right? Jake Cronenworth can play second, first, short. There's a lot of versatility. That brings in Heston Kim. He's an, on a spectacular shortstop defender, even at third base. I, I, he's never had time at second base. So uh, that's already going to be something. I think he'll be fine because that's how Hassan Kim is. Actually, wait, 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 wait. I take that back. I'm very sorry. 2021, he did play second base in 21 games. 148 innings. Did not ever produce one error. So I'm sorry, HSK. And I'm sorry, Padre fans. He has played in 2021. Just felt like a long time ago. Not in 2022, however. So... Excuse me on that one. However, okay, getting back to HSK. Kind of the same point. Why will the Marlins look at him? I like him defensively. I, he's a fan favorite. But at the same time, he's improved offensively, but he doesn't have that slugging like we expected him to have coming from overseas. So the Marlins, if they're looking for slugging kind of guys in which their infield's already pretty crowded, I don't see them taking HSK anytime soon. And I just, I don't think the Marlins are going to be a train destination for anyone. I don't think we're going to even look at them anymore. It's just going to be that typical that we show interest in this guy. And then I think the rumors just dwindle out of here. But then again, it's AJ Proler. We don't know. Next thing you know, we trade absolutely nothing for Pablo Lopez, who is under team control for another couple of years as well. 
Uh, and I want to get into Pablo Lopez just a tad. Can't get into him too much. I think he would be good and he would be serviceable, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep stating it. You would really hurt your team's chemistry. You would really hurt your defensive reliability, whether it's trading away Grisham and or Kim. And I just think it's unnecessary right now. There's still some pitchers out of the market, which you can take a look at and see what they want. It was unfortunate with Evaldi. Did he get overpaid? Maybe a little bit, 17 a year. I still would have honestly tried to see if he wanted three years at 17 a season. But that's that's just me. Corey Kluber was never sold on him. He's injury prone nowadays. He's traveling all over the AL East like it's nothing. So he goes to Boston and that's fine. Johnny Cueto, on the other hand, it would be nice to see him come for now and see how it works from there. You could have six starters going into this season whether they're legit or not, because you'll have Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell. I'm sorry. Well, let me put it in order. You Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo, and then if they sign Johnny Cueto, he'd probably be the four and then shift on over Martinez and Lugo to the five, six. So that's fine, but you don't have to trade away anything, especially a starting kind of guy that is your center fielder or something like that every day. And Kim's projecting your second baseman going into 2023. You don't got to get rid of that. And uh, Pablo Lopez is good, but I don't think he's going to be worth trading a two-time gold glover and an almost winning shortstop gold glover at all. I, I think you can try and get better value out of it, but let's get into Pablo Lopez just a tad because he started off the season really, really well. He's got a four-seamer. He's got a change-up. Uh, mainly, he's got a cutter, he's got a sinker as well, and he also has the curveball. Just mainly the two to three kind of pitch pitcher, uh, I would say. Now he started off the season great. I mean, in April he was three and zero with a .39 ERA in four starts. Incredible! Like remember when he was like the, the talk of the town in May, a two point seven eight ERA, and then eventually it started to hit him. The starts. Maybe the Marlins defense had something to do with it, but he started to give up runs left and right. In June, July, and August, a 5.34, 4.65, and 4.61 ERA in all those months in order. So wasn't the prettiest, really fell off when he was already in Cy Young talks, really early, of course, in the season. I don't know. If he doesn't have a long shelf life, going into a whole entire season, what makes you think he's going to do well come October? That does scare me. Uh, Pablo Lopez, he's got some good stuff, except I hate to say it. Like, I'm not trying to cheapen out the Marlins here, but is he the kind of guy you want to go into an elimination game with, depending on a best of seven in the playoffs, if we had to face Philadelphia again in the NLCS? I don't know, because if we were confident enough in Sean Mania and Mike Clevenger, maybe a little bit, right? Let's let's be a little real here. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think Pablo Lopez is the guy you want to trade these valuable players for when you still have questions in the outfield and, and left field. And <laughs> you really, really don't know. So Pablo Lopez, like I said, he does have some dirty stuff. In fact, he ranks 92nd in the percentile 
when it comes to his extension. Now, this will be quick. This goes for more of the baseball geeks like me at times. That is 53rd best in the league. Extension is an interesting stat that I don't think is looked at enough, but it doesn't mean everything. And I'll get into why in just a moment. Extension qualifies exactly how much closer a pitcher's release point is to home plate. So basically how far out until that pitch is out of their hands and out of their arm going across home plate. The closer it is, of course, the harder it's going to be for a major league batter to decipher the pitch. And the more chances are there are going to be no good outcomes for that guy in the batter's box going into it. So it's a good stat. I don't know the exact time frame that uh, Pablo Lopez has, but it's a good stat, but maybe not because Sean ranks 14th this past season uh, <laughs> in extension. And look how that turned out, right? <laughs> Funny. But usually this tends to go for pitchers with longer wingspans or taller guys like uh, Tyler Glass now or... That's all I can think of that's really tall in the starting pitcher kind of market. So, but yeah, it, it's a good stat to have. And Pablo Lopez, I don't think that really worked out for him come the summer days and everything like that. But hey, I'll throw it out there because it is interesting to know about. So Lopez does have some dirty stuff. He's got that extension. He makes hitters have less time, even though they already have like no time to think when it comes to stepping into the box. Good stuff, but... I don't think he's going to be worth trading away what we've mentioned just previously in this episode. I, if, if you think so, then by all means, do the move and then see what happens. Who's going to play second? Is Carpenter going to be your everyday first baseman then? And then who's the DH? Because I could see Carpenter as a DH for either lefties or righties. But at the same time, if it's lefties and Carpenter struggles, you could put in Campusano. You can put in a Nola replacement who hits lefties fairly well if he's not catching that night. So I, I think you're just, if you get this kind of move going in which Kim struggles versus righties, so here's where I'm going with that. He could be a valuable versati versatility piece, which once a lefty comes in, Kim comes in and Carpenter, who can hit righties very well, will do what he's got to do, right? So Kim still also brings a lot of flexibility to this team. And a bench also wins you a lot of championships, I feel like. If we don't have a bench, who are we going to have late substitutions with besides Jose Azokar? And also, if you want to get a guy out and put a guy in to pinch hit, who's that going to be? I think HSK would be very valuable still in that kind of mindset. Despite making seven million a year, I just I, I think it's the right move. Now, that's that's kind of it, said and done. I feel like that's that's my case. I, I just don't I don't see the fantasies of us trading away these two guys, let alone for Pablo Lopez. Like he's great, he'll always be better than me, of course. Like he's a great pitcher, but I don't think he brings that consistency and he doesn't bring that deep game atmosphere like you would want out of some of our starters already i just think we gotta wait try and sign cueto or try and sign waka like honestly either one like like screw it 
and just go from there. Let Lugo or Martinez get a chance. I still believe in Martinez. I think now that he has one season under his belt, he really was incredible, especially in the postseason, let alone as a reliever. He can work things out. He just has to get better when it comes to facing the lineup again a second or third time, how to pitch around that. As for Seth Lugo, maybe he's a hidden gem and he has a player opt-out. If he pops off, he's going to want more money potentially. What happens there? That's for another season. But at the same time, give him a chance. But sign a guy for now. Don't get rid of any of your MLB caliber players. Go for a team. Maybe like the Brewers who are acting all funny, right? And just see what they want. Like, if the Marlins are going to go after just major league talent straight up, I don't think it's worth it. Because we're already razor thin on our bench. We're razor thin in the outfield. So that would just make it even worse. The infield is crowded, but I'm sorry. The Marlins infield is also crowded to where I feel like they're not even going to need that. And they want a guy who's going to slug some more. And no disrespect, HSK is not going to give you that everyday slugging. He won't. So I would say if the Brewers are in total rebuild mode come this season, because like I said, they're acting all funky. Then if they want prospects, you really have to think and ponder if you're going to trade away some guys, including Hassel, because maybe Adamus gets traded and they want a future infield shortstop. And see if they make Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff available. Because right now they're saying they're not. But hey, all it takes is a shitty season. And next thing you know, you're trading away everybody. I think the Brewers are a more legitimate team that will actually open the market. We've obviously had trade history in them recently, let alone in the past. So I would say go that route. Last but not least, I think I want to talk about Jake Cronenworth here. Uh, Jake Cronenworth is, right now as we speak, is untouchable on the trade market. Thank goodness I'm still a firm believer in Jake the Rake Cronenworth. This kind of goes towards Trent Grisham's argument, and you could even say HSK, but HSK is under an international signing. So I'm just going to go with guys that are in arbitration, not a free agent until 2026. Oh, Trent Grisham, why not uh, Jake Cronenworth, who is a two-time All-Star, in which Jake Cronenworth has uh, fabulous defense at second base. He also is versatile. He can play great at first, I truly believe. You can put him in great kind of matchups whenever you need, and Cronenworth, when he gets hot, it goes to the Crone Zone, baby. So why trade away Cronenworth when he is under team control, arbitration, everything like that, when you can keep him for... Less money, you don't got to worry about that superstar payment status, and you can just go with the flow from there. Jake Cronenworth, I think, is also a very, I think he's the most valuable, actually, young piece to this team where they're still in arbitration or so. Trent Grisham's up there, of course, and everything like that, but Jake Cronenworth, for how we got him in a Hunter Renfro trade, and next thing you know, he's our starting second baseman at the time, in which he could very well still be. He is, I think, due for a breakout season as well. Now, one thing I will critique Cronenworth with, I think he has to get better, as well as the whole team. 
We are very disciplined as a team. Thankfully enough, it finally has happened, but maybe there's such thing as too much plate disciplines. Jake Cronenworth, this also goes into the first pitch swing percentage. This past season, Cronenworth was at 23.9%. Now, that was the highest of his career, but I felt like a lot of times he was taking pitches right down the middle. Meatball percentage was at 7.4%. Meatball swing percentage was at 71.7%, but I feel like it's got to go higher. I feel like he's got to not take the count so full sometimes, and if he can really get a good swing on it, take the opportunity rather than having pitches go straight to waste. Swinging percentage overall, Pretty up there. I'm not going to really get into that. But yeah, I mentioned this before. The average first pitch swing percentage is at 29.5%. Jake Cronenworth as a career average is at 21.3. I truly think that he can get better and better if he attacks a little bit quicker when it comes down to it. And I think that can go for all of our guys. Now, Jake Cronenworth was shifted on 23 or so percent of the time in 2022, much less than the previous two seasons when they were in the low 30s. Uh, I think Cronenworth, he's still going to be a fine hitter. I think he's going to pop off and we, we still see potential in him. So why not keep that as well as Grisham right now with Two guys that are versatile. They can come off any kind of way and just help the team try and win. I, I truly believe that Grisham can fix his swing. I think that Cronenworth can come back to his normal self with 260, 270 maybe, and just do what he's got to do for a guy that can be making 280 million batting 270, 280. Now that's no diss on Xander. You know, X-Man. That's that's no diss, but I'm just saying. I just threw out a number, and that was the first thing I thought of. So, wow, that did that make me look bad? A little bit. But in the end, I think you guys know what I mean. But, yeah, so, like, these guys are under team control. Sure, it would be great because Pablo Lopez is not a free agent until 2025. But just just go out there and... See, see what the market's got for you. I think you can do better than that. Don't trade away what you have now for something that I just don't think is worth it in the end. Yes, we need starting pitching. Don't don't count that as like me saying we don't need pitching. We do. The bullpen looks pretty set, especially if Lugo and or Martinez have to go down there. But the starting pitching, wait for something to happen. Seriously, try and sign Cueto and just go from there. Let the season ride. Let Lugo and Martinez get some starts in. And if a guy misses a start, don't be afraid to call up a, a guy in AAA, whether it's Ryan Weathers or et cetera, because that can happen. Just have any kind of guy eat an inning in the first half of the season. Remember, it's 162 games. We cannot panic just yet at all, but some moves got to be done. I think trying to get Cueto for a reasonable deal is solid and beneficial, and I just think we go from there. The The pitching market overall will get better, but just please hear me out. Don't trade with the Miami Marlins overall. As much as I want Sandy Alcantara, if we couldn't get Pablo Lopez, because I don't think we... If you had to choose a pitcher, I think we know who we're, who we're picking. The Cy Young winner. 
But at the end, if they're not interested in prospects in which we are trying to build back that farm system quick and we don't need some of these guys, I feel like in the future, possibly because look at how the infield's clogged up and bear with me. But try and see if a rebuilding team with an ace kind of pitcher is willing to just say, hey, we'll help you out. Just give us prospects and returns. So listen, guys, that's just my take. I really, really do believe in Trent Grisham just as much as Matt Carpenter does. And I think we should all believe in Grishy until until maybe it's too late. Maybe a, a year or two from now, we just don't see any improvement. And he's the next Cody Bellinger. But in the end, I still believe in him. I think Kim brings a lot of utility off the bench or in the starting infield. And is it a clogged toilet? Yes, it is. But if you could trade that for something a little bit more valuable with prospects that a team would be interested in, by all means, go ahead and do it. But Pablo Lopez will not be the answer. And trading away Trent Grisham and or Hassan Kim is definitely not the answer. So guys, that's all I have for you all. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about it. Tell all your Padres family about it. We'd really appreciate it. And guys... If you're not, I don't know why. Follow me on Twitter at Grand Slam Padres. You can check out everything from there. And uh, I'm looking to have guests, two special guests, very soon going into the new year. Very excited for that. So if you guys ever want to come on, follow my Twitter, send me a DM, and uh, let's get something sorted because I would love to not only talk Padres baseball to you guys, why not talk Padres baseball with you guys live on this episode here in general. So guys, I'll see you guys whenever that is and whenever you trade for Mike Trout and Shayo Itani. Yeah, you heard that here first if it happens. Just kidding, because it won't happen. But if it does, you heard that here yet again. So I'll see you guys whenever that is. Let's hope for some good news, maybe a profile re-signing and uh, a little bit of uh, the starting pitching market going our way this time in uh, Johnny Cueto. So I'll see you guys then. Peace.